Welcome into the PFF NFL Daily. Today, discussing the worst contract in the NFL. We're ch- talking about Zeke Elliott, the Dallas Cowboys. It's all brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is wishing you the happiest of holidays. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up and get up to $1,000. That's code PFF to get a deposit bonus of up to $1,000 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, and Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus. Deposit bonus requires 25-time playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. All right, Sam, Merry Christmas to you and all of our listeners. We're just going to be downers here on Christmas morning talking about maybe the worst contract in the NFL. And it's not just about the contract. It's about what it means. And it's about learning a lesson when it comes to paying running backs and how it affects the future of the franchise. So let's talk a little bit about Zeke Elliott, his contract for the Dallas Cowboys. He has signed through 2026. To cut him, there is dead money, all the, a lot of dead money, all the way through 2023. It's not easy to actually cut him until about 2024 or 25. What are your overall thoughts on Zeke, this contract, and the way the Cowboys have handled all of these big-time, big-name free agent decisions? Yeah, you can certainly make the case that there are worse contracts in the NFL. You know, for example, Carson Wentz just played his way to the bench and his giant extension hasn't even kicked in yet. So you can make a case for that one. But I think you put it well that the Zeke Elliott contract serves as this perfect cautionary tale for how to treat running backs and running back value in today's NFL. And this isn't just a hindsight is 2020 thing. People were saying this at the time. There were people within the Dallas Cowboys organization that were making this point before they signed into this big contract. And now you're seeing the danger of why you don't commit that giant money to the running back. One, it's making other contracts more difficult to do. You know, Dak Prescott isn't signed, the quarterback, in part because you have $90 million tied up in Zeke Elliott. Um, Secondly, we're seeing that when you erode the situation around him, when the environment around the running back, which is powering the guy's success, when that disappears, so does the running back's success. And now you have this ridiculous situation where the $90 million Zeke Elliott is being outperformed by Tony Pollard in his own backfield, right? The situation is still bad, but since Pollard got in Dallas, he has a a PFF rushing grade 10 points higher than Zeke. He's averaging 1.2 yards per carry after contact more than Zeke. He's got a fumble rate that's half of Zeke's. And instead of paying him $28 million, which is what you paid Zeke over that period of time, you've paid him 1.8. So Tony Pollard is is the also is is the second part of this cautionary tale that you didn't need to pay Zeke you could have just gone with the cheap guy who would have done at least as well if not better yeah so I think you've done a good job laying out the Zeke component why you don't pay him and why sometimes the replacement is actually more effective than the guy making money we saw that with Todd Gurley with the Rams we've seen it many times throughout history other than maybe Derrick Henry who is breaking everything I want to discuss this philosophically, though, because you and I, you like to use the phrase creep back toward average. And and we use that phrase when 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 it comes to building an offensive line. But I think it's just so true in all of football, because football is a unique sport 
where yes, the quarterback ha- holds the keys, right? He, we, you'll hear us talk about quarterbacks left and right, and they are the most valuable position in football by a mile, and maybe in all of sports. I think that's a separate debate for another day. But football is also a place where there, you have 22 quote unquote starters, and you have 30, 35, 40 actual contributors in a given season. And I think what happens when you have so much money locked up in a running back who provides little value over the next running back, you do start to have weaknesses at, say, linebacker or offensive line or in your secondary where you don't need superstars. You don't need, you don't need everybody to be making $8 million a year across the board, but you can't have massive holes. You can't be bad on the offensive line. You can't be bad in the secondary. And I think the best rosters do a really good job of just ha- like limiting the holes, essentially, and and getting the middle class players, the players that are just going to make four or five million a year, two to four million a year, whatever it is, and getting production out of them. I think that's where a contract like this hinders the team building effort going forward. So, yeah, don't pay running backs. You're not going to get the production out of them. But I think the trickle down to these other parts of the roster are where it really ends up affecting a team long term. Yeah, and look, the other thing is that even independent of paying a running back big money, there's how the contract is structured and how you go about doing it. And Derrick Henry is a great example. Like As of right now, Derrick Henry is the unicorn that everybody chases, the guy that is breaking all of the rules for what you should do. But even so, his contract is significantly less egregious or less onerous on the Titans than Zeke Elliott's is on Dallas. Right now, for 2020, Derrick Henry is counting 2.7% of their of Tennessee's salary cap, right? A tiny amount. He had a contract, a $50 million contract, not a $90 million contract. The guaranteed money was a few million less than, than Zeke Elliott, but the, they can get out of that a lot quicker. Like, if everything goes to hell the way it can occasionally with running backs and often does they can get away from that an awful lot quicker than the Dallas Cowboys can with Zeke Elliott's contract. So even, you know, once you've made the decision, okay, we're going to reward this guy. We believe that he's the unicorn, the same story that everybody tells themselves about their running back. You should build in some protections because you know the nature of this contract. You know the nature of the position. It's like that middle-tier quarterback, right? We believe in him, but we, we, we know the history of those guys. We should probably build this contract so that if we're wrong, we're not screwed. Yeah, building in contingency is, is absolutely key. And now going back to Dallas's situation specifically, to your point earlier, has this slowed Dak Prescott negotiations and, and essentially put their quarterback situation in limbo going forward? Nearly the entire secondary for the Cowboys all free agents coming up, all need new contracts, and they are already bad in the secondary. So they're going to have turnover at, you know, at just one of the most important units in all of football. So I think, again, the trickle down to the other parts of the roster from the highest end at quarterback to just the depth of the roster, you're in trouble through 22 and 23 and you know these next few years as you're trying to uh, get the Dallas Cowboys back on track here, Sam. Any... Uh, any advice for the Cowboys and how to how to mitigate this? Because it's uh, it, it, I don't know if they were thinking properly when they extended it this far out to your point and how much is actually invested. Because I think they were saying, Zeke, you're a face of the franchise. We got to treat you like one. And I think that's the biggest mistake that was made here. 
Yes, and unfortunately, I don't think there's a great salvage that can be done on this. I think it's just it's mistakes were made. <laughs> the mistakes were made, and they can't be undone. And that's the situation we're in. Before we went live, you know, you you made you said the line something like, "Oh yeah, they can they can get out of it in 2024." <laughs> I mean, that's that's how bad this is. You're tied to this for a certain degree of time, and there's pretty much nothing you can do about it. And you just you now have to reap what you sowed in terms of this contract. You knew what was coming up. You know, you go back a couple of, before this contract was signed, everybody could see on the horizon Dal- who Dallas had coming up. They had Dak, they had Amari Cooper, they had Jalen Smith, they had Zeke Elliott, and they had, you know, the secondary further on down the line. We knew how this was going to unfold, and Dallas made the conscious decision that Zeke Elliott was worth prioritizing in that list and giving him this contract. And they're now going to have to deal with the ramifications of that, which, you know, didn't look great at the time and look pretty catastrophic now. Let me finish with this, because the the real mistake was made on draft day. Yeah, when when he was drafted, and he was drafted over Jalen Ramsey at number four overall, and the Cowboys made a statement, something to the effect of, well, Zeke's going to touch the ball 20 to 25 times. Jalen Ramsey might touch the ball... Six times a year if he's good. I mean, however they positioned it, which we know is absolutely absurd. But I'm of the minds that even if you do draft a first round running back and then get a really good first contract out of him, like the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey, like Zeke with the Cowboys, should they have flipped him much earlier? Right? I mean, if they were if they were thinking properly, they could have flipped him and some NFL team is still gonna get you value and that it, you know, that's the way to mitigate things. But here we are. We are where we are, which is uh, the, the Cowboys have just put themselves in a bit of a hole when it comes to getting back on track in the coming years. We'll have more on the Cowboys and every team and their rebuilding effort this offseason, both on the PFF NFL podcast here and, he, and here on the PFF NFL Daily. Happy Christmas, Dallas fans. <laughs> yeah, sorry, guys. Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll be back with more positive stuff next week.